This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Week 13, rivalry week of the college football season is behind us. Week 12 of the NFL season in the books. Here at Saturday, Sunday, so much to break down as we now push our way towards championship week in college football season to try to set the stage for the playoffs and everything that is on the horizon with the playoffs, bowl season, pre-draft season, so much to discuss. So let's jump right in it. Let's start with the NFL draft report for this week. First string quarterback of the week, a familiar name of of recent, Jaden Daniels, 16 of 24, 235 yards and four touchdowns, throwing another 120 yards on the ground. LSU, big win over Texas A&M. The first string running back of the week, uh, Audrey Asim out of Notre Dame, 238 yards and four touchdowns. The physical inside runner, uh, he has had a fantastic season. We've talked about him multiple times here at Saturday Sunday on the teams of the week. Asim has now, I think, put himself in position to be potentially a top 100 pick. He's put himself in the mix there after the top four running backs. I think he could be in that in the top five, top seven. Uh, In this class, we'll see how many of those guys can go on day two. I don't think any of them are round one or early round two guys, but I think some of these running backs will find their way into round three and then a bunch in the early portion of round four. The first string wide receiver of the week, another familiar name here, Rome Odunze. Washington was victorious over Washington State. Odunze had seven catches, 120 yards, and two touchdowns. And then the first string tight end of the week, out of Penn State, Theo Johnson, four catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. He might not be at the top of the tight end board in that like top three to top five range, but I think Theo Johnson has been an intriguing player for some time in college football. I think the NFL is going to be intrigued with him. I could see him being either a potential surprise late round three pick or early round four pick. And don't think just because he might not be a guy that's been on our radar. Listen, Luke Shoemaker went in the second round. Brent, you know, Brenton Strange went in the second round. So what the NFL is looking for at the tight end position sometimes is different than maybe what the draft Twitter or Debbie Twitter is is ready to kind of jump on board with. Uh, Theo Johnson is a guy who has the athletic makeup, has uh, been a guy that's been regarded highly. So I could see an NFL team uh, being fans of Theo Johnson. If we take this to the second string team of the week at the quarterback position, it is Bo Nix out of Oregon to 367 yards and two touchdowns in a win over Oregon State. Bo Nix continues to put together a really strong statistical year. It's going to be really interesting. I think he's one of the hardest QB evals in terms of what is the NFL going to think of him. You know, obviously a guy who when once upon a time he was at Auburn, very inconsistent, uh, accuracy, ball placement, decision-making. He's cleaned that up for the most part at Oregon. It's had a really strong finish to his career. Is Bo Nix a guy that's looked at as a round one caliber prospect? 
or is he a guy more on day two? I lean more towards day two, but I could see the NFL being intrigued with him potentially as a round one guy. Second string running back of the week. I'm going to uh, Trey Benson out of Florida State. Obviously with Jordan Travis on the shelf, the run game is now paramount. He had 19 carries, 95 yards, and he found the end zone three times against the Florida Gators to help Florida State stay undefeated with their victory over Florida this past week. I think Trey Benson is very much in the mix to be RB1 in this class. I don't think it's going to be top 50, but I think he's got a real chance to be the RB1 in the 2024 NFL Draft. Second string wide receiver of the week, uh, going back to Marvin Harrison Jr. in that Ohio State-Michigan game. Listen, we know Michigan's got a really great defense. Marvin Harrison is the reason why Ohio State, I think, stayed competitive in that game. Five catches, 118 yards, and one touchdown. The big playability that he offers, the attention that he draws, uh, is is paramount to Ohio State offense, and we saw him make a big impact in that game. Obviously, Michigan came away victorious. And then the second string tight end of the week, staying in that Ohio State-Michigan game, Cade Stover out of Ohio State, three catches, 42 yards. But again, I'll keep continue to say, Kate Stover has seen his stock really elevate this year. A guy who I thought maybe was around four-ish guy before the year started. I think Kate Stover now is squarely in the day two mix as maybe one of the best all-around tight end prospects in the 2024 NFL draft class. His blocking, his ability to play in line, soft hands, can be a receiver, can be a red zone weapon. Kate uh, Stover has done a lot this year to really help his cause. Some other draft eligible guys that, that I thought stood out this week that I wanted to make note of. Uh, Joe Milton out of Tennessee, 383 yards, four touchdowns, the quarterback. But the big story is uh, he's announced that he's planning on staying back in college. So he'll be back next year. I think that's like his fifth or sixth year. But, you know, the redshirt COVID year, uh, he's come back for another year there. So we'll see, you know, there were things of his game that are really intriguing. We know the elite arm talent and the, you know, velocity and strength. Uh, can he clean it up a little bit to maybe be a more highly regarded prospect in the 2025 NFL draft? J.J. McCarthy, again, we talked about him last week. Didn't see a lot in that Penn State game. Obviously, in the Michigan game, they asked him to do a little bit. In the Ohio State game, they asked him to do a little bit more. 16 of 20, 148 yards and one touchdown. Still not putting together that gaudy statistical, you know, production. I still have my question marks. I've, I've said that a lot of people I respect tremendously have him as a round one guy. I'm not there yet, but I know he's got arm. I know he's got, you know, arm talent. I know he's got strength and velocity. I know he's got athleticism. I just haven't seen him face a lot of adversity. He's had pristine conditions at Michigan. Great O-line, great run game, good receivers, great, great defense, uh, I just don't know if he's a guy you can come in, a, a team in the top talent. Think about the Giants. Think about uh, the Jets. Think about, you know, if the Bears are ready to move on from Justin Fields. You put J.J. McCarthy in a situation that's not pristine, are we sure he's going to be, you know, uh, an elite-level quarterback? Because I don't see that. I don't see the ability to to carry a team on his back. You know, I I continue to say I see a prospect that's more on the caliber of Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones. And when those teams have reached for those guys, we've seen what's kind of happened there. So he had one incredible throw this past weekend. He bred the needle. It was an amazing throw. It was arguably the best throw I've ever seen J.J. McCarthy make. Uh, 
I want to see more of them down the stretch of this season before I think, and I want to see him face some adversity down nine and needs a touchdown and a field goal late in the game, down 14, can he bring his team back? I feel like I need to see more of that from J.J. McCarthy. Uh, Drake May this past week, uh, UNC lost to NC State. He had 106 yards rushing and a touchdown, and then 254 yards passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Listen, May's going to put a lot on his on his plate. We're going to see the good and the bad at times when he tries to carry this UNC offense. I continue to say the skill set, the traits, the talent remind me so much of Justin Herbert when he was in college. Uh, I don't think Drake May get getting past the second pick in the draft. Caleb Williams is going one. I think Drake May some way, somehow, will be the second pick in the draft. Uh, Michael Panix Jr., I talked about Romo Dunze before. 18 of 33, 204 yards, two touchdowns and interception. His elite statistical production has came back to the pack a little bit here down the home stretch. As the defense, the quality of defenses have improved. Listen, I like Michael Panix. There's a lot to like about his game. It's similar to Bo Nix, similar to J.J. McCarthy. I think these guys are round two guys. Round two, maybe they develop into a starter, give a shot. I don't see top 10, top 15. I think if you start pushing them up into that mix, it's a lot of the Daniel Jones, the Pickett, the Mac Jones, right? Those are the things that I talk about. I don't see these special traits and, and talents. Like, I understood, even though I didn't agree with it, there were things about Zach Wilson in terms of his traits that were intriguing. Trey Lance, I was a fan of. The traits screamed top five quarterback. None of the traits on a guy like Knicks or McCarthy or Michael Panix to me are on a level of a guy like either Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Doesn't mean they're not better quarterback prospects because maybe they are. But I think teams got to start being more careful and more diligent in terms of picking their quarterbacks in round one because you want that. The bar's got to be high. They got to be a guy who can take over a game. You want to be able to these guys to compete with the Patrick Mahomeses, the Josh Allens, the Lamar Jacksons, the Jalen Hurts. Because if you're not striving for that, you're probably going to be left behind in terms of the NFL landscape. Some other running backs I want to make note of. Blake Corum in that Ohio State game, 88 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I mentioned Trey Benson before. I think he's RB1. I think Trey Benson is right there in the mix. Anywhere between RB1 and RB4. Somewhere on day two. Uh, I mentioned them, I think it was last week or the week before. Missouri running back Cody Schrader is a guy I'm going to be intrigued with to see where he ends up in the All-Star circuit. 217 more yards and a touchdown. He is putting together an elite statistical season. So I think he's a guy that we could see at one of those uh, All-Star settings. Obviously now that Junior's in the mix too, but I think we're going to see um, Schrader at one of the All-Star games for sure. Kendall Milton out of Georgia. Now, once upon a time, he was thought of a highly regarded, you know, recruit. Uh, 156 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, another guy, I think the traits, the size, the straight line speed. Milton's going to intrigue some teams. I think we're looking at a guy somewhere on day three, maybe that round five, round six mix, Kendall Milton. Some other wide receivers. Obviously, my wide receiver too, Malik Neighbors, continues to shine. With Jane Daniels, 122 yards and two touchdowns. His, his running mate there, Brian Thomas Jr., another touchdown. Listen, I think Neighbors is going top 15, top 10. I think Brian Thomas Jr.'s got a real chance at slipping into the back portion of round one, if not the early, early portion of round two. Uh, 
Michigan's number one wide receiver, uh, senior Roman Wilson, three catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. He's up to 11 touchdowns for the year. So while Michigan doesn't put up those gaudy passing production numbers, uh, Wilson has found the end zone 11 times. He's going to be one of the more highly regarded senior prospects. Uh, Xavier Worthy, four catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Listen, I feel like some people have soured a little bit on Xavier Worthy, but his speed and his ability to create separation, I think Xavier Worthy's got a real shot to go late round one or the early portion of round two as well because teams want that game-breaking speed, and I think Xavier Worthy offers that. I've compared him for many uh, years to Hollywood Brown. I think that's the comp that I like best with him. I think he can bring a lot. Uh, similar skill sets to an offense similar to Hollywood Brown has at the NFL level. If we take this over to the Debbie slant, uh, a couple guys I wanted to stand out that I wanted to talk about. The Penn State running back duo, we haven't checked in on them in a while. Katron Allen and you know Nicholas Singleton. Singleton had 118 yards rushing and a touchdown. Chipped in with two catches for big plays, 68 yards on the, in the receiving. His running mate, Katron Allen, 137 yards rushing. I've talked about Jaden Ott. I think following Jaden Ott, I think the Penn State duo is probably number two and number three in terms of underclassmen, Debbie running back prospects that are not draft eligible in the 2024 NFL draft. Tet McMillan, 11 catches, 266 yards and a touchdown. Listen, the minute all these wide receivers declare, you know, neighbors, Marvin Harrison Jr., Keon Coleman, Romo Dunze, Ted McMillan, you know, is right there at the top of the wide receiver pecking order. We've talked about guys like Luther Burden, uh, Ted McMillan right there, you know, with Evan Stewart uh, as the top Debbie underclassman wide receiver prospects in the country. Impressive performance with him this past weekend, 11 catches, 266 yards and a touchdown. And what can I say more about Jalen Milrow out of Alabama? I've talked about him. He'd be the underclassman non-draft eligible quarterback that I'd want to get on my roster right now. 259 yards, two touchdowns, the game-winning touchdown on like fourth and goal from like the 31-yard line, perfect pass into the end zone. Also at 107 yards rushing. He's going to be that that guy very much, that dual-thread quarterback that I think we're going to see him constantly uh, increase his draft stock. I think he eventually is going to be around one guy. Milrow is a guy that I, I don't think He's looked at the way some under highly regarded underclassmen quarterback prospects have been in the past. Milrow is the guy I'd want to get on my roster now for sure. Before we spin this over to the NFL, I did want to kind of check in. Listen, everyone loves talking mock drafts. I think it's now time to kind of set the stage a little bit for where we are in terms of a rookie dynasty mock draft. A lot of people's fantasy football seasons have like two weeks left. People start thinking about that draft order, right? Especially if teams are not going to be in the playoffs. So I kind of put together what I think would be a round one dynasty super flex or two quarterback uh, rookie mock draft right now. A lot can change here. Obviously, this is more in a vacuum, a lot based on talent and stuff like that. Right now to me, the 1.01 pick still got to be Caleb Williams. His combination, he's got the athleticism to be a factor on the ground game. I think he's got special arm talent. Uh, to me, he's the most highly regarded quarterback prospect coming out since I've been doing Saturday, Sunday. That's ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence didn't have the rushing upside of a Caleb Williams either. 
So he would be the 1.01 pick. But it's close because at 1.02, I have Marvin Harrison Jr. To me, he's the best wide receiver prospect since I've been doing Saturday to Sunday. And that includes some great prospects like Jamar Chase and others. At the 1.03, back to the quarterback, I have Drake May there. I think his draft capital is solidified in that 1.02 range in like the second pick in the NFL draft. He's got rushing upside as well. Elite arm. So I think Drake May right there in the mix with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison to be one of the first couple picks in any dynasty rookie draft setting. At 1.04, this might be a little controversial to some, but not for me. Jaden Daniels, quarterback out of LSU. I think he's got a real shot to go in the top five of the NFL draft. And to be frankly honest with you, if he goes in the top five of the real NFL draft, I can see a scenario where he's right there with Caleb Williams and Drake May in the conversation of going right there with those guys or even ahead of those guys. He offers more rushing upside than Caleb Williams and Drake May. He's got a lot of Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts to his game. We've seen how dominant those guys are at the NFL level. So I think Jane Daniels, if he's got the draft capital close to Drake May and Caleb Williams, I really think he could push his way into the mix there to to potentially compete with Caleb Williams and Drake May to see to be arguably the first or second quarterback taken. <laughs> off the board in Dynasty rookie draft setting. At the 1.05 pick, I have Malik Neighbors, wide receiver out of LSU, followed by, at 1.06 and 1.07, two more wide receivers, Keon Coleman, wide receiver out of Florida State, and Romo Dunze, wide receiver out of Washington. Listen, I've said it. Their talent level, to me, you can rearrange those three in any order, Neighbors, Coleman, Odunze. Right now, I have them ranked in the rookie, in the you know, in this rookie mock draft setting, the same way I have them in terms of their overall talent ability. I think neighbors Coleman and Odunze are all going in the top 12 to 15 picks of the NFL draft. I think Coleman and Odunze are two of the more prototypical outside wide receivers that we've had in quite some time with Marvin Harrison. And then neighbors is that guy who's got inside outside versatility. I think all of them in a normal year without Marvin Harrison, could easily be the number one wide receiver in the class. So I think you're talking about, give me all of those guys who I think you're going to have great draft capital to be the focal points of a pass offense at the NFL level, have the upside to be a wide receiver one at the NFL level for their teams and for fantasy. So five, six, seven there, neighbors, Coleman, Odunze, uh, one after another. Next up for me, I went towards the tight end position. I think Brock Bowers is one of the best, if not the best, tight end prospect I've scouted. I'll put him right there with Kyle Pitts. I know Pitts hasn't panned out like we expected. Is it him? Is it the is it the scheme? Is it the you know the utilization by Atlanta? You know, Brock Bowers is, is very much in the mold of Kyle Pitts. He's not gonna, you know, he's he's a great athlete, great pass catcher, not gonna be asked to do a lot of blocking. He can block, he can hold it, he can hold his own a little bit better than I think Kyle Pitts. But his bread and butter is going to be the impact he makes in the past game. Uh, 
he we saw how high Kyle Pitts went in drafts. We even saw how high TJ Hawkinson went. You know, Evan Ingram, David Njoku, OJ Howard. Brock Bowers is a better prospect than all of those guys, except maybe Kyle Pitts. Uh, I, I even falling to eight seems a little far for a you know dynasty rookie mock draft. But right now I have Brock Bowers there at eight. I don't think he gets out of the top fifteen of the NFL draft. You know, so I think someone will pull the trigger there in the top eight. And number nine, I have Marvin Harrison Jr.'s teammate from wide uh, wide receiver Ameka Egbuka out of Ohio State. Another guy that before the year started, most people had him as the number two wide receiver in the class. But neighbors Coleman and Odunze's production this year and Egbuka being injured. And, you know, I, I feel like those guys have leapfrogged him a little bit. But we're talking about a guy, Egbuka, that's a probably slam dunk round one pick. So he's going to have the draft capital. You know, he's in the mix there. He's going to be the, you know, probably the fifth wide receiver taken, but we'll see. Uh, so he'd be a guy that I, I would still feel more safe taking that with the upside and the, the floor ceiling combo that Buka would offer before I pivot to any of the other wide receivers, running backs, or quarterbacks. At number 10 and 11, I have two quarterbacks. Now, I'll say this. I think both these guys, Bo Nix at number 10 and J.J. McCartney at 11, 1.10 and 1.11, this is under the impression that I think the NFL is going to push these guys into the round one mix. And if they push these guys into the round one mix, I think in a super flex or two quarterback league setting, they would warrant going at the end of round one. If they fall into day two, you know, Will Levis territory, Drew Locke territory, if they fall into that range, I think I'd be a little bit more intrigued with some of the running backs and, you know, potentially another wide receiver ahead of them. But I think right now the 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 writing seems to think that they have a real shot, especially McCarthy, and I think Nix is going to push its way there too at round one. If they have round one NFL draft capital, I think they belong in the mix here in round one fantasy rookie mock draft here. And then at 12, to round out round one, I have wide receiver out of Oregon, Troy Franklin. I think he's right now in the mix to be a late round one, early round two wide receiver. Explosive player. Ability to win vertically. I still think there's even more untapped upside. If he can get a little bit stronger, fill out his frame a little bit better. You know, he's got great size. He's got great length, body control, ball skills. If he can handle press and physicality a little bit better, and I think if he can just, you know, kind of even just get up in that 190 range, 192 range, uh, I think he's another guy that could push his way into round one. And again, I'm going to always lean round one wide receiver over what I think is going to be either a late round two or probably more round three running backs. I don't think we're going to see a top 50 pick. So that's why in my top 12 here, I don't have any running backs. Uh, I'll talk about some guys that just missed in a second, but I, I don't think we're going to see. So if we're talking round one wide receivers or round one quarterbacks, I think, you know, and, and an elite tight end prospect, I think those are the guys that should make up a round one dynasty rookie mock draft right now as we sit here on November 28th. Guys that just missed, I do have uh, the running backs kind of coming into the mix here. Trey Benson, Blake Corum, Travion Henderson, Braylon Allen, Audrey Estem. Those are the those are the guys that would be on the just miss because these running backs, if any of them end up in pristine landing spots and late draft, late round two draft capital, they probably get pushed into the mix here. Maybe even round one, push somebody else out. But if these guys end up going in the round three range, where I kind of think the sweet spot for the top five running backs is going to be this year, 
they're probably going to be drafted in the situations that they're going to be looked at as guys who could handle a good workload, but they might be a part of a committee. There might be somebody else there right now that they're going to sit behind. So until we get more certainty about draft capital, hard for me to put Benson, Corum, Allen, Henderson in a round one of a super flex, you know, rookie mock draft. If the quarterbacks were out of the mix here, and I didn't have Nixon McCarthy in there, then I would see probably putting in a couple running backs there. But that's kind of where I sit right now with the super flex setting and those guys, I think, being taken in round one. I just think they belong going over these running backs that are going to be added to the mix here. Uh, probably where there's another running back and they're going to be a, you know, part of a, a committee there like so many other teams. Uh, the other quarterback I had here is, is Michael Panix Jr. Uh, he's another guy that I think the NFL is going to look at him as more of day two. So he'd be he'd be there in the mix here with, with these running backs for sure. A couple other guys that, that just missed. Uh, you know, obviously we'll see if Quinn Ewers comes out. He could be another quarterback in the mix. Carson Beck, uh, if he had day two draft capital, he could be in the mix there. Donovan Edwards, if he declares out of Michigan, uh, he'd be another wide receiver, uh, another running back in the mix there. And then you still got these other wide receivers, right? Brian Thomas Jr., Xavier Worthy, uh, A.D. Mitchell. I think those would be the next group of guys. So I kind of set the stage for where my top 12 was. Uh, and in that top 12, again, it had, you know, five quarterbacks, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, and J.J. McCarthy. And then I would say Michael Panix, Quinn Ewers, and Carson Beck waiting in the wings. It had six wide receivers with Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Keon Coleman, Roma Dunze, uh, Emeka Egbuka, and Troy Franklin. But let's not lose sight of the guys who are right there on the cusp, and that would be Brian Thomas. And that would be, you know, uh, Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell. All of those guys, you know, those guys could even push ahead of potentially of Troy Franklin uh, and be in the mix there, especially Brian Thomas, especially Xavier Worthy. Uh, tight end position, I don't think anyone was really knocking on the door. I think Tavian Sanders would probably be more of a late second round uh, rookie draft pick in, in this setting. It's, it's a pretty stacked draft class there with these wide receivers. Uh, with a bunch of running backs probably kind of all huddling up in that, you know, round three range. And then you talk about all these other quarterbacks, uh, you know, you're going to see some really good prospects fall to the late portion of round two uh, for sure. So that's just kind of where it sits right now in terms of uh, a little bit of a dynasty rookie mock draft. I know that always kind of excites people. That's kind of how I would see round one right now. And then like the next 12 or so guys that would probably make up round two in no particular order, just kind of talking through by position, uh, the next wave of guys that would be in the mix. If we take this to the NFL draft report uh, for week 12, at the quarterback position, C.J. Stroud lost a, a game, uh, almost had a chance again to lead him down the field. But again, every time I watch C.J. Stroud, you know, I just come away impressed. 304 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, it's amazing to think that the AFC is absolutely loaded with quarterback prospects. And C.J. Stroud, I think, is already, I would probably put him at sixth. And you can make the case that natural, pure passer, he might even be top three or top four in the AFC. Uh, and there's so many good quarterback prospects there. Uh, if people aren't valuing him in Dynasty as an elite quarter, you know, an elite quarterback with high level, mid to high QB1 upside, I would be super aggressive because 
he's playing better in the NFL than he ever did in college. Everything we saw in that Georgia game is translated. I, I just continue to come away more and more impressed with C.J. Stroud. At the running back position, uh, the one name I wanted to bring up is Keaton Mitchell, who's been getting a real opportunity with Baltimore, uh, the speedster, the undrafted speedster. Uh, I was very intrigued with him. I had him as like a round four type uh, draftable prospect, but he went undrafted this past week, 11 touches, uh, about 80, almost 90 total yards. He continues to be a playmaker every time he touches the ball. And I think he's one of those guys that's going to settle in in that 10 to 12 touches a, a, a week in a backfield, but they're going to be impactful touches that I think are going to be fantasy viable. Keenan Mitchell is a guy that I'd be very intrigued with. I'd want to get him on my team now in the dynasty setting. At the pass catchers, let's start with the tight end position. Uh, Luke Musgrave went on IR, so other day two uh, tight end there, Tyler Kraft, got his opportunity, scored a touchdown. Uh, Kraft is a guy who's really interesting player. I mean, uh, I, sorry, I said that. Tucker Kraft, a uh, really interesting player that I thought was going to go round two. He ended up going round three. The only thing that kind of hurt his fantasy value is the fact that they took Luke Musgrave in the second round. They took Tucker Kraft in the third round. You know, so, so, but he's a guy that, you know, I thought he had a lot of similarities to Dallas Goddard. I know it's probably partially, you know, the same school thing, but, but he was a really intriguing prospect. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how Musgrave, who I love, develops there, but Tucker Craft, you know, kind of waiting in the wings there and getting an opportunity maybe possibly as well. Uh, the wide receiver position, it's amazing the, the amount of wide receivers uh, that we could talk about every single week. Tank Dell, another impressive performance with C.J. Stroud. We've been talking about him every week. Uh, Jaden Reed continues to be a versatile chess piece that I think is going to be real fantasy viable. Uh, His ability to get open, create space, uh, win vertically, win underneath, intermediate route, play inside, play outside. Jaden Reed is the guy I'd want to get on my dynasty team now. Zay Flowers, two touchdowns this past week, one rushing, one receiving. But the two guys that really stood out this week was Rishi Wrights for Kansas City and Jalen Hyatt for the Giants. Rishi Wrights, eight catches, 107 yards, and one touchdown. While KC's had a lot of inconsistencies in their wide receiver room, I think Rishi Wrights has developed into the best of a very shaky group there. Sky Moore hasn't developed. Kadarius Tony hasn't developed. I think we're seeing slow development, but we're seeing Rishi Rice morphing into a guy who I think next year we're going to feel at least solid about one of the wide receivers in KC, and I think that's going to be Rishi Rice. And then Jalen Hyatt, listen, the Giants right now are playing with Tommy DeVito. They won their second game in a row. But Jalen Hyatt, five catches, 109 yards. He's showing a versatility to his game and a, and a refinement to his game that I don't think many people thought he had. He's showing he had a really great move this week to make a defender miss and pick up yards after the catch. I don't think a lot of people thought he had yak ability in his game. In terms of the footwork, they knew we obviously knew we had straight line speed, but he has shown better footwork in terms of stop and start. Uh, he's shown the ability to win vertically down the field, but not only uh, you know in situations where he blows by a defender. Uh, he's shown the ability to go up and get it uh, multiple times throughout this year, and then you combine that all into the fact that he has that elite speed. And if the Giants had a, had a quarterback that could take advantage of it. We would have seen some. We, this wouldn't have been Jalen Hyatt's first hundred yard game. We possibly would have had three or four this year because there's been a lot of yards left on the field. I'm really excited about Jalen Hyatt's growth and development. Uh, you know, listen, I said I thought he could be a Will Fuller type. 
I think there's even a little bit more refinement uh, to his game already than, than I think Will Fuller had. And I think he continues to show more development and refinement. He's another player I'd be very excited about. He's not putting together a very strong statistical year. I, 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 Hyatt is one of those guys like Jaden Reed that I'd want to go get on my team now. Obviously, training for Tank Dell now is not going to happen. Uh, Rishi Rice is going to be hard because he's attached to Patrick Mahomes. But I think Jalen Hyatt and, and Jaden Reed can be can be had, you know, maybe for like a early to mid second round rookie pick. I, I think by, you know, you start comparing guys like Jalen Hyatt and, and Jaden Reed to, you know, Brian Thomas Jr. And, uh, you know, guys like that, Xavier Worthy. I think you can make the case that they're right there with him. So a mid-second round pick might not even get you Brian Thomas Jr. or Xavier Worthy. So if I can turn a second round rookie pick into Jalen Hyatt or Jaden Reed right now, I think I'd probably do that for sure. So there it is, guys. NFL draft report. Since we did the rookie mock draft there, we're going to skip out on the Dynasty Fantasy report for for this week. We kind of did that with the rookie mock draft. That was kind of our Dynasty uh, thing for this week. Uh there was no real glaring buys or sells, which I've been kind of sharing with you. I think what I'll do next week in the dynasty section uh, is kind of take, look at the take a look at the top of the rankings boards. I think as, as we're going to the final stretch here of the NFL season, you know, kind of kind of relooking at what what does the top five, top ten of the quarterback dynasty board look like? Same thing with the wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. So I think that's what we'll do next week in the in the fantasy dynasty report. Obviously, we'll check in on the rookies. In the NFL Rookie Report, and then obviously the NFL Draft Report and the Debbie Slant to to continue to hone in and focus in on these draft-eligible prospects for the 2024 NFL Draft. If you're enjoying this content, please get over to the website, uh, check out our premium content tab for $9.99. You get access to all of our premium notebooks. You get the NFL uh, Scouting Notebook. Over 100 detailed player profiles. There will be more added to the mix for sure. Strengths, fundamental areas, developmental areas, how they win, NFL role, fantasy spin, draft projection. You get the rankings notebook, all our different rankings. And then in April, you get the draft projections notebook tag for every position, offense and defense. Uh, Over 400 players in that snapshot of how they win, projecting who we think goes off the board in round one, who who we think goes off the board in the first three rounds. And then a tab projecting who we think every single pick in the NFL draft will be. You get all of it for $9.99. Best way to help us continue to do what we do. If you can't purchase the premium content, please, wherever you listen to our podcast, rate, review, subscribe, uh, download, uh, get over to YouTube, subscribe there, uh, check out the content, the video content there if you're someone who'd rather watch the podcast rather than listen to the audio feed of it. So... On behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.